I don't know what you think about a gospel like this, but I think it's wonderful. I'm glad we've got it. We might not have a corner on it, but I'm glad for one thing we've got it. We've got the old-time religion, something that puts something down on the inside. It makes you feel like you could run through a troop and leap over a wall. If you haven't got that kind, I've got some news for you. You can get it. You can get something that will make you feel that way. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some started out early in the morning, some the third hour, some the sixth hour, some the ninth hour, some the eleventh hour. What did he promise them? Whatsoever is right, I will give you. Amen. That makes me feel good down on the inside. Whatsoever is right, that will I give you. We know that if we serve God and serve him faithfully, he is going to reward us for that faithful service. Whatsoever is right, that's what he's going to give us. We don't expect to get something for nothing. We're going to have to work for it. I look around me here and I see so many young folks here. They might feel like they're in the 11th hour. Maybe they are. But remember what the Lord said. He said, whatsoever is right. I will give you. Whatsoever is right. That depends upon us, you know, how much we get. It's how hard we work. If you go out in the eleventh hour and realize it is, and you're going to have to make it pay this one hour, you'll get whatever is right. God will give it to you. So don't be afraid that you won't get a reward. When we hear these people testify, Brother Nick's fifty seven years or eight, something like that, way back there. Well, chances are that the Lord isn't going to tarry that long for these young folks to work that long. But nevertheless, just realize that whatsoever is right, God will give you. So don't be afraid to trust God. Put your heart and soul into the gospel. If you're not saved here tonight, if you're sitting back there and you don't have the victory in your heart, get it. Just get it. That's all. Don't worry about what the reward is going to be. God said, whatsoever is right, I'll give you. You don't need to take a back seat, sit clear back there somewhere, and say, well, it isn't for me. Don't you fool yourself. You'll put your heart into the gospel, and God will reward you for it. He's going to give you whatsoever is right. If we just work half-hearted, he'll just give us whatever we have coming, what we've earned, what we deserve, and we don't expect uh, to get a reward 
like those that have labored hard and worked hard, even though it isn't just the eleventh hour. This thing thrills me when I think about it. Think about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it in all the world. Men have tried to make something similar to it. They've tried to find something that will take the place of it. But they're not the real thing. Might be some sort of a substitute. Some sort of a synthetic religion or something of that kind. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the real article, the real thing. The real thing. There's a lot of imitations in the world today. A lot of things are made out of plastics and a lot of these things that we never heard of 20, 25 years ago, before World War II anyway. Some of you young folks probably known about them all your life, but some of us can look back. We didn't know anything about those things. But all we knew about was the real thing. You used to be a painter. We used to have to get our lead and zinc and oil and all the rest of it and mix it up. Thinners, turpentine, and, and we had a formula we had to follow sometimes on certain jobs, certain specifications. Nowadays, there's a lot of things that are out that are so much faster. But those things were the real thing. I don't know whether they were any better than what... The, uh, you buy now, but they seem to have lasted longer. In those days, you didn't have to go over and do the house quite so often. Didn't seem we did anyway. But it isn't that way with the gospel. There's a lot of synthetics around. Don't, don't misunderstand me. And a lot of imitations and all the rest of it. But we're talking about the real thing. And you get that, you've got something that's real that's going to work. God isn't going to cheat on you. If you work for God and give, you, give him everything you've got, he's going to give you whatsoever's right. Don't be afraid of that. There's one man in the Bible just thrills my soul when I think about him. And that man's name was Caleb. Caleb. We hear more about Joshua than we do Caleb. Joshua became the leader of Israel when Moses died. But Caleb was sort of in the background all these 45 years or so. We didn't hear much about him. You know, he was one of the 12 spies with Joshua and 10 others. They were sent into the land of Canaan to spy out the land and see what it was like. They all came back with a good report of the land. They said it was good. They said, why, it's everything that God says it was, and that's even more. Why, it's, it's fabulous what we saw over there. Yeah. But there was ten of them said, yes, but, you know, we saw something else. too. We saw some high-walled cities and giants in the land. And, why, we, we were just like grasshoppers in, in their sight and in our own sight, too, when we looked at them. We couldn't take that land. That would be impossible. Why, Caleb spoke up and said, why, we're well able to take it. God will give it to us. There's nothing to get worried about. God will give us a land, the giants, and all the rest of it. He saw the giants. I understand he marched around Hebron up there, and he saw those sons of Anak, big fellows, great big men. But he said, we're able to take it. Why, Joshua said, we can take it. There's no doubt about it. The other ten said, oh, no, we can't do it. And they began to put up a hard luck story, and the people began to take it up. The first thing they knew, Moses had something on his hands. They wanted to elect a leader and go back to Egypt. Well, God had about all that he could take. And he said, all right, you said you can't take the land. You said you're going to die out here in the wilderness. So we let it be that way. We're going to let every one of you, 20 years and older, you're going to die right out here in the wilderness. You're not going into that land. But he says there are two men, Caleb and Joshua, and they're going to go in. And I've often wondered about this, as Caleb and Joshua were spending those 40 years wandering around there with the rest of the children of Israel, if they didn't get together once in a while and encourage each other. Well, 
Joshua, you could hear Caleb say, God is in this thing. You know what God said? He said every foot of ground we had our feet on was going to be ours for an inheritance. We're going to get it someday. We might have to put 40 years in the wilderness, but we're going to get what God promised us. We're going to do it. They saw all these things happen. They saw them die off around there until they were the only ones left who were past 60 years of age when they went into the land of Canaan. They well remember the day that Moses walked out of the camp up on the Mount Pisgah to take a look at the land, and God took him over there somewhere and buried him. He never came back. Joshua was a leader from that time on. But you know, one thing about Caleb, he never lost his faith in God. He knew that. I believe if he could read this 20th chapter of Matthew, and he could be here tonight and preach a sermon on this, he'd stir every one of you. He could tell you whatsoever is right, God will give you. After most of the Israelites had received their inheritance, Caleb came to Joshua and he said, Joshua, you remember what Moses said back there 45 years ago. He promised me I could have that land of Hebron up there, the high wall cities. He said, I could inherit all that along with the giants and all the rest of it. But he said it would be mine. And that's what I want. Joshua, I've been waiting 45 years for this and I intend to have it. I want it. If no one else has the courage to go up there and fight against those giants, I know one thing. If God will be with me, he'll give it into my hand and it'll be mine. And because Moses promised it to me. Well, there was something there in Caleb's heart. He was longing just to get a crack at those old giants up there. He wasn't afraid of them in the high wall cities. They didn't have him frightened. He wasn't going to back down an inch. This was his. God had promised it to him. Amen. This wasn't the... 11th hour deal. No, it was 45 years he'd worked for this. And labored for it and hoped for it and prayed for it and waited for the day when he could go in and have that land that God had promised to him. And he wasn't about to give it up now. He said, I'm 85 years old, but I'm able to go out and fight just as I was when I was a young man 40. Amen. There's something about the gospel. I heard one man say it puts a spring in your heels. And it does. It gives you some life. Sometimes you get tired and weary and you don't feel so good. But you'll get a hold of that word of God and it begins to put new life in you. Yes, even physically. Spiritually always. But sometimes even physically. I know I've gone into a meeting so tired I could hardly hold my head up and go home feeling like I could do another eight-hour shift. That's the gospel that puts something down in there. I know what I'm talking about. I've been around a little bit. Heard Brother Jim testify and Brother Ernie. We played in the orchestra together back there, oh, 41 years ago or back. Quite a while, isn't it? Not quite as long as Caleb had to wait, 45. I don't think the Lord's going to wait us, make us wait quite that long. Yes, it's been almost 45 years since the Lord saved me. I didn't get into the work right away. I was just a young fellow. But it's been over 41 years. I've had an active part in it. Play the violin in the orchestra, singing, teaching Sunday school, street meetings, jail meetings, prisons, prison farms, and nursing homes, preaching the gospel, going here and going there. You think I'm tired of the way? I should say not. Why, tonight there wouldn't be anything in this world you could give me what I would exchange for these years I've had in the gospel or something about it. I'm fired up tonight about it. More than I was 41 years ago, I can tell you that. I don't know how Caleb felt, but I think he must have felt a little bit like I feel tonight, like he had a reward coming and he was after it. He wasn't going to give up until he got it. You haven't got the old-time religion. You haven't got something like that. Uh, you don't get that anywhere else. 
you don't get it. All you've got to look forward to is a few more years and they're going to put you under six feet of sod and that'll be the end of it in this life. And you don't know what's over on the other side. Well, I can tell you if you're not saved what's over there, you know that already. All right, then you better get the old-time religion. You get something, you're going to have something to shout about. Sometimes people criticize us for getting noisy and praying a little too loud and something like that. But as long as it's in the Spirit, I don't feel like slowing anybody down. No, I feel like saying amen, a good loud one, when they got a little fire. That's the way Caleb felt. He felt like he wanted to get up there and go after those giants. He'd been waiting too long. They'd had those cities. That was his land. That was his. He didn't want those sons of Anak up there with something that belonged to him. No, he said, so just give it to me. Give it to me. Yes, I want it. He'd grown old serving God, but he hadn't lost the fire. He still had it. I've seen a lot of people in the last 45 years, young people, young men and women, grow old serving the Lord. You think they're sorry? I should say not. When you can hear them get on their feet and tell what God has done for them and they can look back. We all do a little reminiscing once in a while. Don't get the idea I'm old. I'm not yet. I haven't admitted it. Last Saturday we had a Sunday school picnic and I found out I had a little trouble keeping up to the young folks. A little more than I did 30 years ago or so. But I can still try. I still got enough in me that's willing to get out and try it anyway. I love working with the young people. I love being with them because I realize they are potentials. For, uh, for future workers in the gospel. And oh, that's what thrills you. That thrills you through and through when you see somebody uh, get the fire and they begin to put their heart and soul into the gospel. They begin to live for the gospel. That's all they live for. They have to have a job to keep body and soul together. But that isn't what they're working for. The gospel is their life. Amen. You've seen some young folks down home. Three or four of them get their baptism just the last few weeks. Oh, that puts a thrill down in your heart when you realize young people can get it too. And oh, what a change it makes uh, when they get uh, that fire in their soul. What do they want to do? They want to do something for the Lord. Yes, they begin to inquire, what can I do? What can I do to do something for the Lord? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, just keep that. Hang on to it. Just realize that if the Lord tarries a year or five years or ten, whatever he does, we don't expect it. But if he does, well... You've got your young life to give to God. Give it to him. If it's the 11th hour and whatsoever is right, God will give you. He'll give it to you. Young lady sitting down here in front of me tonight. She doesn't know me, I don't think. I knew her mother when she was a little girl, about that big. I remember her grandmother leading her around by the hand. I mean, a lot of years ago, this young lady hasn't been saved in a few months. But she's got something. She's got the old-time religion. This might be 11th hour, but whatsoever is right, God will give you. God will give it to you. Don't be afraid of that. Put your heart into it. If you're not safe tonight, this is a good place to start. Amen. Could you find a better time than right tonight? I don't know when it would be. We have no promise of next Sunday. Not even tomorrow morning. He said today is a day of salvation. He said now is the accepted time. I guess you can claim that, can't you? You can get down to this altar and get it. Yes, something like this thrills people that have the gospel. It goes right through and through us. And if, if it doesn't, you haven't got the right kind. And if it doesn't, why, get the right kind. And if you're not saved and you still feel like you'd like to have it, this is the place to get it. Right here tonight. The last meeting in this downtown church before camp meeting, who knows, it might be the last one. I was sitting here thinking, Brother Carver said, this is our last meeting down here. It might be. And I thought, oh, am I going to preach the last sermon in this building before the Lord comes? How do we know? 
we're going to plan on youth camp. Will it come? Maybe. If the Lord wills, it will. If it doesn't, well, we'll have a better youth camp than that. Better youth meeting where we'll always be together. I've enjoyed these youth camps and all that. But just think, we'll be there forever, throughout eternity. Yes, we enjoy young folks getting together and spiritual blessings as well as a good time. But oh, when we get over on the other shore, and we're going to have so much there. We're going to be so busy. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's hard to tell. It's hard to say what it's going to be like. It's going to be far greater than anything that anyone has ever told us about. We know that. It's going to be greater than that. But if God leaves you here for a little longer, just realize, put your heart in the gospel. Get saved tonight if you're not ready to meet the Lord. Get down here until you get it. Get down here until that gospel is the only thing. Have you been fooling around with some ideas and you think maybe uh, this is going to help me or maybe I can better myself that way and making a lot of plans for the future and just sort of leaving God on the sidelines a little bit. Now look out, you won't get much out of the gospel if you do it that way. How do I know? I tried that for a while. A lot of people didn't know it. But I knew it and I didn't get much out of it along about that time. When I began to see the light and see there was more to the gospel than what I was putting into it, I knew there was a lot more that I should be getting out of it. But I found out I just wasn't putting it into it. That was all. When I found that out, then it took on a brighter picture. And that's why we can say it gets better all the time. The more you see of it, the better you like it. So if you're not saved tonight, if the gospel isn't everything to you, oh, what a wonderful thing it would be to get down here tonight and go wait till camp meeting. Someone got their baptism Sunday night, and I said, there's one more they won't have to pray through at camp meeting. Amen. No, they can go up there and pray for somebody else. Amen. That's the way we want it. We don't want you to wait till camp meeting to get saved. Just save tonight. And then you've got a couple of weeks to prepare to help somebody else get saved. Amen. Isn't it better that way? Well, you know it is. I know it is. We all know that. Then just admit it and try it for yourself. If there's something else you need, get it here tonight. Don't wait until Sunday or until camp meeting and say, oh, I'll get it at camp meeting. Get it here tonight. Then if we don't have a camp meeting, you'll have it. You'll be ready if the Lord comes. Oh, that's what we want. More than anything in all the world, just to see people get ready. Just get prepared for that day. That's what we have this meeting here for tonight. And that's why we're here. Because we know that you can get ready. God has it for you. And just realize, put your life in God's hands and just trust the Lord. Whatsoever is right, he'll give it to you. He won't cheat on you. You can't cheat on God and get his best. But God won't cheat on you either. Realize that tonight? God won't cheat on you. He's going to give you just exactly what you've got coming. And probably a little bit more. If you give him all that you've got, then he's going to surprise you what he'll give to you. No, you don't have to wait for eternity. You'll get it here in this life. Why do people get so fired up about the gospel? Why? Because uh, there's something there that's so real to it. They're getting it right here in this life. They don't wait until eternity. No, you can get it now. You can have it here. Having to go to heaven in. A lot of people say, well, all the hell I get is on this earth. They got plenty of it here, but that isn't all. There's a lot more out there when this life is over. But, oh, there's a heaven here that you can go to heaven in, too. And it's much better. Oh, it isn't hard to decide which is the best way. Sometimes it's hard to decide whether you want to try it or not. But if you just realize what the gospel has for you, that'll you lose sight of that. I remember the first time I ever prayed. I think I knew almost everybody in that place. I lived in the country around there, except the people who were holding the meeting. I didn't know them very well. But I remember when I prayed that night, I never gave one thought to my young friends and the people around there. All I wanted to know, I was saved and right with God. Somebody went outside and told my brother uh, that I was in there praying. He said, well, what next? 
Well, I never gave it one thought about if somebody might make fun of me. I wanted the old-time religion. And I can say down through the years that's the way I've always felt. I wanted that no matter what anybody thought of me. And I don't care what people think of me tonight. I just want it down in my heart and help somebody else get it and somebody else get to heaven. Will you decide tonight you're going to do it? Step out and God will give it to you. And whatsoever right, he'll give it to you. And you'll be glad you tried it. Come and pray.